Got What's it. up, guys? Hey. What up? Just reading. What you reading about? Uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle? He's in a little bit of trouble, huh? I think so. <laughs> I think he is. I think he kind of always is. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know. Dave Chappelle, I, when, when I think about Dave Chappelle, I think about, like, the, the Chappelle show. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I bet if I look back now at the Chappelle show, it'd probably seem a little bit, I don't know, crude, which humor, I think, does kind of go that way sometimes. Yeah. So, like, whenever I think of Dave Chappelle, like, those skits that he did, probably a little bit on the edge, you know, but I don't know. Some of them are kind of funny, but, like, I feel like now he's just kind of, he's like a washed up comedian, like, trying to, like, say stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why, I don't know why we, like, people who are rich, like Dave Chappelle, can't just go away. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I think I was, <laughs> I, know. I think I was texting either Jason or, yeah, I think I was texting you, Jason, when you sent me something about Hillary Clinton, maybe? And, um, and, and it was, it was like, why can't she just go away? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, there's like nothing against her or whatever, like, I have plenty against her, I guess, but like, she could just go away and be rich forever. Yeah. Yeah, most like, people can. And it's like, you're just going to stay around and get in trouble because you're just a boomer now and like say cringy shit. <laughs> like bands do it all the time. And I'm like, you literally can just like, well, I mean, I guess with, with some, you know, like more so underground independent musicians is different because it's like they're relying on that for their income. But like, why would you even say something? Why would you make commentary on this thing that you have? Like, no, things were different in your day. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. And I feel like with Dave Chappelle too, though, like, with a lot of his original humor, like the Chappelle show, because I was a big fan of that when it came out, like a lot of the issues I feel like he talked about were race, which like obviously as a person of color, he has a lot of experience and like talks to, but he gets in trouble for saying a lot of transphobic shit. And like, I'm like, you like, you know, like being just like kind of overtly transphobic about shit on one of your like comedy specials, you know, like why, of course you're going to get criticism. And I feel like Dave Chappelle himself, knows that you know and he reacts yeah. to that like i don't think that he has like a cute i don't know comedians seem like they have this huge problem it's like yeah you get up on the stage and say whatever the fuck you want so people can criticize you like we can come at you and say like you're being a piece of shit you know yeah, yeah. um think, yeah there's like an edge i think sometimes with comedy i always feel like comedy I've, I've listened to some stuff on comedy in the past and like i've always kind of felt that comedy doesn't really um it doesn't really hold, like it doesn't have staying power in the way. It kind of dates, comedy dates itself because there's a predication with comedy of like being on the edge or like, cause comedy, you know, there's that old saying, I think it's like comedy is just like tragedy plus time or something. But basically with that comedy, a lot of times with like comedians like Dave and those guys is like, they're just trying to like ride the edge of being provocative and like say yeah. things that are like, well, grab stuff. They're kind of just like, I don't know political in that way they're very schemed because they're so rich at like being comedians they're like ah what can i say now to try to you know and he, he is he's just being a transphobic anti-gay asshole like if you like read i think there's a new york times that is an article of, like dave Chappelle is a brittle brittle eagle it's like an op-ed not that i put stock into those but just the way that it was written i think it's kind of interesting but like the person that wrote it basically just like crushes dave like he's just a guy yelling at a cloud kind of like for audiences for whatever amount. And then 
it's the same people that are like will de- defend Dave or like the same Donald people. It's like they want to be in a culture war, but they like don't want any criticism. Like you can't critique comedy. Yeah, those guys. It's you know. I think I think the people who utilize you know whatever platform they have to kind of express some sort of weird anti something like and let's let's just say anti woke culture from now like like Dave Chappelle is using his anti trans position right just to gain like because he otherwise he's irrelevant so like to gain audience he says something that okay well I might not have the best fan base but. I'll have, a, I'll have, I'll have people buying tickets to my show just, just to come see me. I mean, it's kind of like the Donald, it's like a Donald Trump method almost like you don't necessarily need to be right. You just need the right people to listen to you. Right. Like, or enough people to listen to you. Like Donald Trump obviously doesn't care about anybody that voted for him. Right. And, and what he does care about is like society and like holding position. And I imagine it's the same thing with Dave Chappelle. He wants to be relevant and he doesn't care who he's relevant with. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of the culture war thing that you were mentioning, Jordan, where it's like you there is such a culture war right now, like in the United States, that like if you take a position, you're going to get an audience based on your like identity politics kind of ideas. Yeah. Right. And so like whichever side of the aisle you choose to be on, if you say something, people are going to latch to it because everything's so polarized and they're going to like support you so much more than they would any other time because it's like oh this person's on our team we need to support this 100 and i think also to kind of speak to like the kind of people that are like in support of dave Chappelle are similar to it's it's weird when you hear like anti-maskers and like the really right-wing like conservative people now comparing themselves to like jewish people in the holocaust or <laughs> you know people of color during like the time of segregation but then like, yeah. those are the same types of people that would vote to like, not learn about critical race theory. When it's like, so you don't want to dive into how racism formed, where it came from, the effects of it, the long-term effects, but you're going to use those situations to like parallel your situation right now because you don't feel like wearing a mask. Like, and it's kind of just so, how do you like, how do you, like, I don't know. I feel like if you have that position, you have to be such a fucking narcissist to like, think like oh i am so so oppressed right now for this from this situation and like it just doesn't it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me and i'm like i'm not even that old and like i can figure this shit out like i can figure out like okay this is kind of you're kind of going off and doing something weird here and like i feel like when you say something if you say anything about like trans any and take any side of the aisle it's going to be a hot topic issue and people are going to fucking listen because it's like a thing right now and that's the thing i don't understand is like comedians if they're speaking truth to power or like uh you know satire is supposed to critique yeah sure structural power right but people are like oh well you know being trans and being woke or whatever is like the new trendy shit but it's like if it's becoming trendy because people are finally like fuck we shouldn't systemically be fucking these people over we should be helping them like then that's a good thing and we shouldn't be criticizing those things becoming the structural power like if a structural power becomes anti-racist why would we then critique that structural power if it's doing something that we actually want it to and like i feel like it's also another reason to like like society's not going to progress if we always think that the things that are popular or are changing are innately bad 
just because they're structural or they're becoming mainstream ideas. Yeah, they could become like better for, for good. And it's like, you think about comedy, like, I mean, I don't know how to say it. Comedy's funny, right? Like it's comedy's designed to be like, create humorous responses to stuff, right? And comedy is, life's really funny in general. There's so many funny things that happen in life and there's so much to draw from, from, from like a comedy perspective. But like, imagine being Dave Chappelle, you've done all this stuff and you're drawing from your deep, deep well of comedy to dunk on trans people. It's just yeah. so like, I don't know, man. It's definitely punching down, right? Like, like Jesus, guy. Yeah. Like, and just, I get it. You want to try to remain re- relevant by running on the edge and whatever. But I think we all agree. He's just, he's just, I don't know. He's kind of like old man yelling at a cloud, kind of past his prime comedian trying to say stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We got him. We got Dave. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Dave. Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought his last special was pretty good because he spoke about a lot of, like, stuff going on with, like, communities of color and police, you know, brutality and stuff like that. And then it's like, but then he always sprinkles all this other shit in there that's like, why the fuck did you have to say that? That's not, you know, that's not funny. Like, that's just shitty, you know? Like, you're talking about something super serious here and making comedy out of it, but also making people realize, like, the humanity behind the stuff that's happening too, right? And, like, putting a really human element on something you've experienced personally. And then you just turn around, and then, yeah, like you said, you just dunk on trans people. (laughs) Like, whoa, whoa. Like, why do you have to do that? Yeah, there was something about, like, one of his good friends who was trans committed suicide, and he, like, made some, like, he turned it into some weird joke and it was so like off-putting and awkward that like someone would take the death of a friend to like make a punchline out of it i'm like ugh. yeah i don't know go read the article the one that i not that i'm a big new york times person but that op-ed is pretty interesting dave chappelle has a brittle ego i think is what it's called and and it, it does it it dunks him pretty good i gotta say wait so what do we know what he actually said just to clarify him um i don't like i read some of the 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 article like i read some of like the headlines around the stuff he said i don't remember the exact like word for word stuff but like he he was basically a lot of the stuff like he hated on a lot he did a lot of stuff it wasn't just trans people but like i think that the theme of what he did like he just really tried to kind of I don't know, like, you know, the baby had stuff to say about, like, homophobic people and HIV and stuff not that long ago, the rapper, about, like, them not being at his shows, or, like, he doesn't like gay people being at his shows and stuff, and Mm -hmm. Dave was talking about supporting him and what he said, and, like, anti-cancel culture kind of thing, and this sort of stuff, and, you know, I don't know, he just kind of falls in that that category there, I think. I saw something, too, where it says, like, he he like said something in like support of this person that's like this like if you go far enough there's like radical feminists that are super anti-trans yeah because mm-hmm. because they're like oh no you're not a real woman kind of yeah. thing and i've met some of these people before yeah. and it's Turf. it's a yeah it's a huge fucking shock yeah i'm like whoa i did not expect that coming from you you know and like art like just basically making an argument that like trans women aren't women and all this stuff and that like being a woman is innately tied to you know being a person who you know gets pregnant and gives birth or whatever like ultra naturalist kind of people which is funny because i'm like 
if you're going to be that way, like naturally, like human beings are just fluid and the idea of gender is just irrelevant to, to nature, you know, like, like whatever gender is kind of a, a social construct that we create. You know, what's weird is my big thing, like with almost like, who cares what someone else wants to do? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like if, if it comes to like your personal private life, like, okay. I mean, that's oh, what I, would, I just, I just think, okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, there's that, but then it's also kind of like, I mean, sometimes these people, you know, like, like, yeah, obviously I think that Dave Chappelle should be able to be criticized. And if Netflix sure. wants to cancel Dave, then they can, cause they're a fucking private company. And if they don't, then they don't, because like, there's also a part of me where I'm like, uh, you know, like the, the whole like slippery slope free speech thing. I hate when people usually bring that up, but it's just like, it does get to a point where like, I feel like we've talked about it before, right. Where it's like people, when they look at politics and they like, think like, Oh, Joe Biden's going to pass this thing about, you know, protests at the Capitol and violence. And it's going to be a crackdown on people trying to commit uh, whatever the fuck, you know, like a coup or something. But then you think about, well, in another four years, a, a right-wing president can use that to crack down on your political dissent. They can use those rules to crack down on these things. And I think that like, there's an actual critique to that type of like free speech issue that is against like woke culture or whatever. Cause there's no problem with people being offended and people complaining and people shutting people down. There's no issue. I have no problem with that. Like that's, if you want to protest, you have the fucking right to do it. And if somebody says something stupid and shitty and racist or transphobic, protest against them. Yeah, but like I that's... think where the, where the disconnect comes from, it's it's these people, you say free speech and they think it's not free from criticism, right? It's just free. It's yeah. just free in the sense that the government can't like... The government has no say in it. The government's not yeah, going to yeah, do anything. The, but but, in the, but in companies and private... We're talking about like cancel culture itself, governments aren't canceling governments aren't doing anything it's people right and, and that's so like, fine and the culture it's, it's the can dictate with, it's the same thing with like just general liberties people are like i'm free to do whatever i want and it's like no like unfortunately our constitution was written with an implication that the people who are willing to like read this thing and be able to can be considered citizens were white men who could read right and while that's untrue we still follow those stupid fucking rules and those like that old timey language there's an implication there of like understanding like basic enlightenment theory like a social contract theory and none of these people have even like thought anything about like anything other than i want to i don't know shoot fireworks at my neighbor's house uh and i should be able to do it i don't care if i light a fire i get to choose yeah. to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, because yeah, freedom. And it's like, I want to, I want to say homophobic shit. Like I want to yeah, say, yeah. And, and, and like, that's the point too, where it's like, these people will be like these, they think they're these martyrs of free speech when they're like, Oh, I'm going to say all this transphobic shit. And they like act like the victim when people start criticizing them. Like, yeah, you say something anti-trans trans people are going to come after you and trans allied people are going to come after you. That's going to happen. But like, you're not getting arrested. You're not getting arrested. The government's not doing anything. Netflix might do something, but that's their choice because we live in Netflix capitalism. Isn't Netflix isn't the government. Okay. And also, like, you, those people would probably be, like, the first to condemn, you know, or, like, to defend people being shut down for having speech about, like, communist theory or, like, having Karl uh -huh. Marx books in schools. 
or like I just read something too about a teacher or a commission, a school like board in Texas, like saying, you know, like, oh, if you're going to like a fourth grade teacher got in trouble for having an anti-racist book in their classroom. And so they tried to like have this thing where they're like, well, if you have anything about, you know, the Holocaust, anti-racism, slavery, you then also have to put a book in there that is the opposing viewpoint. And I'm like, what is the opposing viewpoint to anti-racism? It's racism. So you're saying like, that's what it is. And it's like, you're going to defend racist speech, like hate speech. You're going to say, okay, kids, if they're going to learn about the Holocaust, they should also read Mein Kampf. Like, it's so stupid. I mean, you know, but, but then it's like, yeah. It, yeah, it's just, there's such a web of things where it's like, it, 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 these issues are so much more complex than like, this is a freedom of speech issue. It's like, no, it's not. I can kick you out of my shop if I don't like what you're saying. And I don't have to have a fucking reason. The government doesn't tell me what to do with my own property. They don't do, they don't do that. Unless I'm openly like discriminating against you and it's written into law, actual law, which a lot of things aren't <laughs> like, like I can pretty much do whatever I want. And you can say whatever you want, and I can react any way I want to. I think there's like, I don't know, like these culture wars thing, is this like a US phenomenon? Like, I don't know enough about international politics to like, to discern like, like the way the culture wars are in the US, it's like at a very political level. And like, I don't, is it like that in a lot of other countries where? there's like this culture war, like synonymous with political parties almost, or yeah, yeah, because I think sometimes America, the United States shapes international politics in like the the rhetorical, like, or the, you know, the uh, superficial, Uh, like, so Europe got a lot of like, immigrant refugee implements. And so it, it does spark about this, like, culture or crap it's not the same you know what i mean because it's different histories and stuff but yeah i mean you can kind of see that in the rightward swing of like i mean poland i believe has like a far-right dictator and i think he basically ran on like an anti-refugee stuff i mean boris johnson might as well be in the uk you know something like that uh you know very close to donald trump um it's just different issues uh so they're not going to mirror it but yeah I, i think so I, yeah. from my understanding yeah not yeah. everywhere obviously but yeah some places there was like this thing on there was this article on like uh twitter it was about like the coronavirus in in germany and it was like i didn't i just saw the headline but it made me think like damn if, if people are just sensible because it was like germany's like they're like pretty okay about like the mask they're like yeah yeah we'll all wear the mask it's just good choice they're like practical television <laughs> And I just wish that could be the case in the country I live in where people would be like, oh, yeah, that just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I bet they're a little more communal minded because we have that stupid thing, like all the freedom Mm. stuff. And it's just taught in this like bullshit manner that like there's no understanding of it and like no understanding of the implications of that freedom or the responsibilities that come with it. And so like I other countries do have like Germany definitely have better education systems and like definitely teach better history. I mean now especially post-holocaust but freedom though that word right with that i feel like freedom that word in the u.s it gets thrown around dude oh yeah it has to be like in like when you talk about like yeah it's just come on freedom is that word that gets used in the u.s that's like it's like the constitution is built around it like it's like everything is freedom to you're not american unless you're freedom 
there's something yeah. about that, right? For sure. Freedom. 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 <laughs> I think of that, that uh, <laughs> brave heart. Freedom. Is that what you think? Freedom. Of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before he gets his head cut off or whatever. Oh, Isn't that when he God. says it? That movie's very long. I watched that when yeah. it came out on VHS and you had to have two VHS tapes. That's Dang. how fucking old I am. Do you, I remember it. watching Gone with the Wind one time on VHS. <laughs> like I had to for like school or something. And I put the second tape in first. <laughs> and I was like, this is a weird story. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even nothing, develop it. Nothing made any sense. And I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like they didn't know how to introduce characters guys, back then. Do you guys remember Freedom Fries? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That was, that was the thing. When was that? I still say uh, that all the time. It was during like Afghanistan or the Iraq yeah. War. And what was the deal with the French? I don't remember. Because the French were like neutral the French, or whatever. The French didn't sign on to yeah. the uh, UN the UN Security Council, uh, the UN mission to Iraq. So we didn't want to say the word French anymore. So, <laughs> so Americans troll the French by calling French fries freedom fries, <laughs> which is so on brand. Yep. Yeah. So good. I still say it's, it all the time. It's the, it's, the, it's the same as like, you know, buying the the merchandise from an artist you no longer like anymore and then burning it on videos. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly what it is. I don't care what you do. I tell people that all the time. They're like, is this a good smoothie? I'm like, I don't care. If, like, yeah, it's good. But if you don't like it, you can throw it away. Like you bought it from me. You can do whatever you want with it. I don't care. <laughs> like you don't like my band CD, throw it out the fucking window. Like or put it into a trash receptacle. Yeah, there's no litter here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, don't, we don't litter here. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we don't really have a good segue into footwear. But hmm. footwear. No, we don't. But footwear is all encompassing. It's all important. Nothing's more important. You know what? I'm going to start not wearing shoes into places and then cry freedom. <laughs> freedom. This is my freedom. <laughs> Okay. Do not wear shoes. <laughs> when you think of a shoeless person, somebody that you say would be like a barefoot advocate. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a guy in mind? Yeah. It's the, it's the, I don't I don't know his name. It's Dave Canterbury's buddy from Dual Survival. Oh yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah Dave. It's funny that you remember Dave Canterbury, but not the other guy. I I never remember his name. Yeah. He's got just like the Native American, like traditional survivalist stuff. Yeah, just yeah. the whitest guy in the world. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Whoever thought, whoever the person was on that show that was like, hey, uh, we'll put these two guys together. Like, what an idiot. Because, like, they don't even <laughs> have good Cody. chemistry in the show and they hate each other. Yeah. Cody, Cody <laughs> London. London. Yeah, Cody Lundin. They're like the opposites. And I guess like opposites attract maybe, but it just didn't work. They were, he was pissed, and rightfully so, that the guy was barefoot. I would be pissed in a survival situation where the guy that was barefoot and he was an advocate of being barefoot, I would be mad too. Slows me down. Well, they do they do this one in this in a snow setting, and he doesn't still doesn't bring shoes. He brings socks. It's snow socks. And what does that even mean? He's wet socks. <laughs> you know what's so funny too is I bet any like traditional Native American like survivalist would be like, yes, before we didn't have shoes. <laughs> Or, you know, they were made out of this. But now we have snow boots, so we wear them mm. in the snow. <laughs> like, okay, I will say the one thing he did say about him not wearing shoes that kind of made sense was the fact that you can maybe feel things differently because you're barefoot, which is true. 
if you are barefoot, you do have a better sensory experience on the ground in front of you. But the trade-off of not of, of having that sensory experience is not having any sort of protection when you step on a fucking twig or a rock or anything that's on the ground, anything in front of you. And you well, just step on a stone and it cuts your foot. Yeah, you stub your yeah. toe. That's like when I went down to the river one time back, you know, in our hometown, and I went without shoes one time. I took my shoes off, stepped on a fucking piece of glass. It felt like I was getting shocked. <laughs> like it felt, I was like, God, something's shocking me underwater. And I stepped again. I was like, oh, what the fuck? And I pulled my foot up and there's a piece of chunk of glass sticking out of it. And I'm like, oh shit, like I'm bleeding. And I pulled the glass shoes. out and I was like, I just need to wear shoes. Like this isn't even, <laughs> this isn't a survival situation. There's nothing like, that's the thing I don't get. Like In you're, going into, you're going to do survival why not put shoes on? Like if you were going out to your yard or taking a stroll through a park and you're just, you find some grass or something like take your shoes off. That's good. Dude, that feels fine. But like, you guys are just triggered. This is just Cody Lundin and you have to deal with it. Okay. You know, I can't because he's Cody Lundin. Oh man. If, if Jordan was like, Hey man, you want to go camping? I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. Great. Let's go camping. You got to hike in and everything. That sounds fun. It's awesome. And then he shows up, he picks me up in the car you know, I don't know if this is obviously hypothetical, but, <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know the whole way, you know, and we drive two hours, wherever, up to this, um, up to some place in nature and gets out and he doesn't have any shoes. I'd be so pissed. I would be like, you're stepping on the gravel, just kind of walking us, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ow, 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 ow. Like, I can't wait to get to the trail bed. This will be easier. Like if, if something's fucking situation if something happened too i'd be like this is your own fault dude like yeah, dude. wearing shoes <laughs> is the easiest thing in the world like you're you don't deserve you get no sympathy from me my friend like you put this fate on yourself i think dave canterbury in the show i'm gonna have to rewatch the show because i think in the show it's kind of like canterbury tries to be reserved because he's trying to respect his way of mm-hmm. yeah yeah survival right but at the same time he's kind of like this would be fucking easier if you had fucking shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember liking the show when I used to watch it. We should, yeah. Okay. Ha, I recommend anybody listening, but you too as well. Like we should give watch. We got to watch Dual Survival front to back. I mean, it's okay. only two seasons, I think. <laughs> it's two seasons. Uh, see, what we should do is like start like a Twitch, start streaming on Twitch and just like watch random shit that we talk about in the show and just like just react to it and just hang out with people. And I'll, we'll just all watch this. The, uh, I don't know the. Uh, oh my! There's not just two seasons. There's nine seasons. Well, it's fucked up because they got rid of the duo, dude. They got rid. No, they got rid of Canterbury, and then they, they got replaced by a guy named Joseph Teddy. Yeah, and I don't. I didn't really watch it past that, but well, I'm, yeah. So we do want to only watch Canterbury ones. Yeah, because Canterbury Canterbury, Canterbury got called out, uh, and basically was like lying about. You know, he was. I think he was stealing valor. Yeah, I think Canterbury was stealing Valor. He was <laughs> stealing Valor. Yeah. I think there was some hot water about that. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I, I don't mean, either. It's kind of juicy yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> In 2012, the producers decided Canterbury would not be returning to the show when it was found out that he lied about his military record. So, oh, he stole, mm. like, authentically stole Valor, not even like this. Okay. I, I, it says he was in the army, but I think he survived about or lied about some of the details. So that's a classic move. Yeah. Dude, when you Google like Dave Canterbury, the common questions they ask are like, 
what happened to Dave from Dual Survival? <laughs> How old is Dave Canterbury? Where is Dave Canterbury today? I'm curious. Um, yeah. Since he's the owners of this studio, Pathfinder School, where he... He probably survived school too. Yeah, I know. I know a good gift card to get you guys for. (laughs) (laughs) I I would love that. I'd take a class with Dave Canterbury. That'd be fucking awesome. Just like ask him, be like, what'd you lie about, dude? Show up with no shoes. Like, Dave! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Dave Canterbury. So, footwear. Yeah. What, was this what you wanted to, was this your angle jordan the whole no, time no i didn't even i don't even really come on to mr canterbury but i agree that footwear i mean because we were going to talk about footwear we got distracted by canterbury yeah. and dual survival but i footwear is obviously awesome like i i fucking love it like it's so like essential my feet sees so every once in a while like i have to empty the recycle bin and i go barefoot and it, I think it's okay. And then immediately I step outside and I get six steps in. I'm like, this was the wrong choice, but I'm too committed. <laughs> so like footwear is very essential in my book. You know? Yeah. But I feel like it serves a really obviously awesome purpose. Like you can, is there so many applications for footwear? Like waterproof footwear, hiking, anything. I don't know. What do you guys think about footwear? I mean, me being down here in Texas, it's like, it's a lot hotter down here. So I have switched to a more of like a sandal, like mm. majority of the time, like I wear Birkenstocks now. Um, but then even kind of when it starts getting a little, you know, maybe a little chilly, I just wear socks and Berkies. And I see, I see, Jason. Yeah, I'm uh, smart getting excited. I know, uh, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just when you're lounging around the house, you don't want to put real shoes on. But what if I got to go outside real quick? Got my socks on, just pop on my Berkies. Guess what? Taking out the trash, no problem. Yeah, yeah, murder the ground. I think I, the new. I think the new. I think this style of like footwear is like post Corona footwear is is I think interesting. I don't think I've seen such an explosions in socks and sandals combo. Which really, that's a Pacific Northwest style. If you're asking, like that's like they've been doing this up here for a long time, and I think that idea of socks and sandals which is in my opinion the best of both worlds uh you know it's a really good combination <laughs> but like i feel like it's gone it's gone viral in the i'm in US. the i'm in the wrong fucking place right now <laughs> <laughs> i i despise socks and sandals so much like i'm not going to i'm not going to like hate on anybody for doing it right but like, if you come to me as a friend and ask me, or if we're in an intimate situation, I'm going to fucking rag on your shit. I'm going to be like, no, fuck that. Because if you want an easy shoe to slip on, my fucking Sambas, I can slip those on and off real easy. And those are good. They're nice. I they're bet fresh. I bet they're not as fast. I bet you can't do it as fast as I can. Oh, I bet, I bet I fucking can. No. no. Yep. I'm just like, whoop, just well, whoop, right it in. It doesn't necessarily, I don't think, have to be like Burks. Like people, you see that. The most, well, I think the one of the more popular, like, I don't know if I have to say trendier, but more like popular people that would wear like popular sandals are probably the Birkenstocks. Um, but like, I don't, I'm just thinking like slides in general. Like, yeah, I just yeah, like slides, slides in general. Yeah. Any sort of slide, I think, is a very like efficient shoot, especially like me. I work from home. And so <laughs> I, I'm at home, I'm at home all day and I'm going from my bedroom. Like, why would I wear shoes? Tell me why I wear shoes if I work from home. 
I feel like I don't leave the house. I feel like in Jason's world, he puts on rubber boots and he just lounges <laughs> on the couch. You know what I mean? And then every time he leaves the house, he has his rain boots on and off his oh. rain boots. And, <laughs> I almost <know>. tipped over. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't wear shoes in the house. Or I have like sometimes I will wear like slippers in the house if my feet are cold or something. Or I deal with cat litter a lot, so like I put slippers on to like go into the kitchen where there's like hardwood. I don't want to step on litter. But you like, walk around the house, the house barefoot, or what do you do? How do you? Yeah, I walk around the house mostly barefoot. What about you, Jacob? I'm a sock sandal guy. I mean, if oh, I don't socks. Know, yeah, or socks on at least. At least socks. I I, yeah, I don't know. I run so hot that I'm like, I can't wear socks. Like, well, the socks bottom, absorb your bottom the sweat. Not? In the house, I'm just like, no, I want my feet to breathe. They've been in socks all day, you know. But like, I'm literally just like, I, I'm really into my footwear and like. I would not be caught dead wearing something that I thought was ridiculous looking like socks and sandals. <laughs> like, a, or, like, I don't know, for example, like a Adidas tracksuit camel pants. I would never be caught dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Ukraine. <laughs> I think yeah. I look great. No. You look good, dude. <laughs> I, we can talk. I feel like, I think we all agree that maybe we all agree that me and Jake agree that it's a good combination socks and slides. Jason, I think maybe you you understand the idea that socks and slides is a comfortable combination. And you're, just not will, you're just not willing to admit you're wrong right now. So no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I just I think it looks I think it looks ridiculous, and I'm just like, nope, I'm not doing that because that looks stupid. And then also, it's like just like Crocs or like sweatpants. Wearing sweatpants in public, like I don't know. Like I mean, sweatpants are a little bit different than like some active wear. You know, like there's mm-hmm. some like joggers that are pretty like. You know, you can wear it pretty casually or something. Yeah, I agree. But like sweatpants, it just reminds me of sweatpants. I'm like, dude, yeah. that's not for outside. I get it. That's not yeah. outside. I don't like get hype and wear socks and sandals. I'm not like I'm not <laughs> going out on the night of town wearing socks and sandals. <laughs> yeah, go I don't like aesthetically. I don't necessarily. Did think you go to like, the, did, you, did you go to the concert in socks and sandals? Yeah, I thought about it. No, I thought about it actually for a second, and then I realized that like. If I this is impractical. <laughs> that's if a, I stub that's my a, toe. This that's is a COVID thing, dude. That's a COVID mindset. Yeah. Like, well, I, I'll just, you know, maybe I, I don't know, maybe I want to take my shoes off. <laughs> so, so that's so, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm like, yeah. no, I go out and I'm like, I have to like wear something nice. I'm yeah. like, I wore shoes. I did. I wore something. I wore shoes. And I agree with you. I don't think socks and sandals are necessarily a flashy combination or like high, whatever high style, but maybe they are in a certain way, but I think socks and sandals are like, one of the most comfy combos. I wear them all day at work and after work right now. As soon as I get up, I pop on my socks and my sandals, walk around the block, and I love it. But is this, a, is this a commercial for yeah. selling this idea? I love it. <laughs> Do you wear no. Crocs? Do either of you wear no, Crocs? No, 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 no. no. That's a step it. too far. No. Okay. Okay. Good. okay. Then then we can agree on that. Crocs are ridiculous. So these are my favorite slides. They're by Chaco, which is a company out of Michigan. And they're just like a nylon, like foam strap, like slide. And I have socks. I just slide into these boys. And it's, work all day. it's yeah. No, I deal with it all the time. That's my wife. 100% socks, yeah. sandals, clogs or something. I'm like, this looks ridiculous. I, <laughs> like, I, think, I don't want to walk around with you. <laughs> people have re I think comfortable is more important post pandemic, right? For I think, yeah, for sure. Or during pandemic, yeah. since the pandemic well, happened. I'm going to utilize that segue and say, did you guys think COVID was going to still be around <laughs> right now? Yeah, one hundred percent. Two years later, is it over two years? I'm not sure. I was I was I'm listening to. Years s- yet. I, I think so. 
I was listening to stuff. No, in, it was like in January like, 2020. Yeah. Was it? January. Guess, no, when did it get to Seattle? Because I we got sent oh. home right when it came into Seattle. Huh? It came to Seattle first, right? I think it was in so. New York and then Seattle. At the same time or somewhere like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's been a long time. A couple, it's been almost, I think it's about two years. Let me Google it real quick. Because yeah, we, did, we did no uh, research this week, which I'm honestly a big fan January of. January 2020. Yeah, January 2020. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're coming Close. in on two years fast. Two. Two-year anniversary. I guess, you know, what's crazy, Jason, is this podcast started in COVID. It did. We it gave both, us the time to have it. Like, we, we were, were very literally... Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, true. So... That's yeah. good. But, yeah, no, it's just interesting that, I mean, we even have a fucking vaccine now, and it seems like... It, I don't know... I don't know. Again, it's here in right. te- here in Texas, it's pr- it it's uh it, I would say it's it's gone over the it's gone over the heap of being 50-50. Most people think it's gone. I we we went to the restaurant tonight and no one was wearing a mask. We were definitely outliers. Like no you couldn't see anybody or there was a small percentage. I didn't see anyone. Oh. It was just me, me and me and uh, Chris. That is crazy because any place that I go where I'm at, it's it's almost everybody has a mask. Ninety nine percent of people are masked. Restaurants anywhere that I go. Yeah, none. Wasn't that crazy? We're in the same country. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the country's huge. (laughs) Yeah, our country's massive. I know, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's weird that people, I think it's weird that people thought it was going to be over so quickly. I still think people, it's weird that people think it's going to be over. Cause I remember initially listening, listening to like some like doctors that were like on like YouTube, which sounds crazy, but like, you know, but they were like talking about COVID and and they were just kind of like this, like pandemics like this, like the, the initial, you know, thrust of it is going to be like, it'll be over, but like, it'll last, it's going to be here. We'll have waves of it for the next decade, like 20 years, potentially where like, we could still see this pop up, you know, like, especially if just knowing, you know, like there's just some people that will not get vaccinated by principle, by belief. So like knowing that, you know, that this stuff is still going to be around and like, people aren't going to follow what we need to do like we already saw people protested over the fact that like oh i need to wear a mask like that you protested over that which whatever <laughs> protests about whatever you want i guess but like sense. it's so stupid you know like it's so dumb it's like just put the fucking mask on like none of your conspiracy theories make any sense and like it's also not about freedom it's not about your personal freedom it's about stopping a fucking pandemic like yeah that's all it's about and and I think it's weird that people think it would be over. Like initially, here's like a, a funny story. Like in, you know, in Portland, it was like shut down and then reopen and then like strict like mask capacity rules, everything right for restaurants and going in, into places like security guards out front being like, oh, no, we're at capacity. You have to wait for someone to come out. Right. Okay. And which is fine, you know, like whatever. I don't want to be in there with a ton of people, even if COVID isn't around, but like, so as soon as they were like, oh, well, we're going to like, it seems like the wave is gone. So we're going to like, people can eat inside, no capacity limits. You don't have to wear your mask. 
And I literally was like, this is going to last like a week, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And like people were coming in like, oh, this is so great. We don't have to wear a mask. And we still had our divider up. We were still wearing masks. And people were like, why are you still doing that? Why'd you put the divider up? Oh, aren't we like loosening restrictions? And we were just like, oh, you know, we're just playing safe, keeping our employees safe. Just kind of, we're not changing anything to just to make it streamlined and easy, right? We've been doing the same thing almost the whole time. And everyone was like, oh, I'm so thankful all this is starting to get over. And I was just thinking, I remember having conversations being like, this isn't going to last. They're going to come down with another fucking mandate hard. <laughs> yeah. And another wave came in like a week and they were like, nope, mask up, people, you know, limited capacity, all this and that. And it was like, and people were shocked. They came back in and they're like, oh, I can't believe we have to do this again. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's crazy that the state said no more mandate. That's the part that's crazy. Why? And then that <laughs> makes them look so unreliable because they're like, Back and forth, back and forth. Flip floppers, dude. Yeah. yeah. People can't trust the new the new medium, I feel like, is like or the new the new like norm is like I don't know. People are having a hard time accepting the new normal. When does something become normal? It's been two years, right? It's been closer to two years. So what's normal now in society with things we have to do? Like if leisure. Yeah, like it socks and sandals. Yeah, leisure. Exactly. Getting by. Oh, God. I'll never be. I'm just getting by over here. Let's talk to sandals. No, but like, I don't know. It's, I don't know what to say about it. It's, it's a long term thing. I think we're well, going to. I think what we wanted to. Yeah, go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. Let me finish. It's, an, it's a new normal. I feel like the new normal is that for the foreseeable future, not the long term, but like on the day to day, like we're going to have to wear a mask until we figure out what the hell is going to happen long-term. We just have to get used to the new normal and adapt. And I think that's one thing that humans are great at is adapting. Humans can adapt if they want to, whether they will, it's just, you know, it's one of those things, but yeah, go ahead. I think we like, so I think we were kind of aiming in the direction of how COVID has affected like supply chain. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, and I, I'm not like a supply chain analyst or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know shit about it other than like, I understand that there's like, um like an employee shortage a worker shortage but i mean what a what a way to i like good on potential workers right like holding out and trying to boost our wages and their wages and stuff because it's like how else are you gonna get it and like also like maybe that minimum wage is no longer worth risking your life for Look at, all the, look at all the strikes that have happened recently too. There's like John yeah. Deere or whatever today, Bisco, yep. you know, the, the voodoo donut people, uh, they won their, the donut workers union won a case against voodoos. Like there's been a lot of like upheaval, I guess, in that sector yeah. of like workers being like, fuck this. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we'll just, we'll just, we'll stay on unemployment. And I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking blame you. I would do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. This could be the path to better unionization in the U.S. I feel like because you said it like I think labor shortage. That's the only thing that needs to happen for there to be a supply chain problem <laughs> is a labor shortage or people yeah. that are not there. To, What's well, it's, to it's yeah it's so crazy because like even around here like again Texas it's like not exactly progressive. I mean we're starting to see fast food wages rise like almost double. Uh, I mean there's signs out like in front of McDonald's fifteen bucks an hour twelve bucks an hour. You know, nothing under 10. I, I haven't seen anything under 10 in for a while around here. And it's like before it was like 
I, I like, you know, wasn't any less than the federal minimum wage. I think it was the federal minimum wage, right? Like seven something, <laughs> seven something. And it's like, I mean, yeah, just good on people. You know what I mean? Because these like greedy business people, like small business, big business, like however you want to put it, right? Like, yeah, just like hoping to exploit people more and more and more. Like now you can risk your life and do it too. It's like, no, no, I don't, no, I'd rather not, you know, like either way I'm going to be broke. So yeah. yeah, just such a good, such a, such a um, great use of a bargaining chip. If it's a silver lining, I guess you could say it's a silver lining. If the silver lining of COVID is that it increases, I guess, I don't know, corporations or employers paying more fair wages, like that's a good, that's a win. And I think yeah. the U.S. sorely needs that. I mean, with unionization sub 10%, I think, or right around 10 or so. It's something that I think could be a silver lining throughout this whole. I mean, and, and it must be starting to create, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to claim that it's creating a class consciousness. That's wild. And I don't know if that'll ever happen in our lifetimes, but it is creating this like sense that, or like, oh, I do have a little bit of power to change this. Like, like with what Jason's saying, like the strikes and stuff, you know, like, those people are definitely probably like the people who work in John Deere manufacturing. I think they're, I don't remember. I think it's in uh, Iowa, maybe. I'm not super sure where it's at, but I mean, those, I guarantee those people aren't reading marks and their time off. Those people, those people, those people are. <laughs> where they work. But, where they yeah. At? Yeah. You know, like, like, do you realize your potential right now? <laughs> Come yeah, on. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, it wasn't leftist. It wasn't. Yeah. The, the the online socialist the online left organizing it was workers who you know went about it it wasn't the people who are really concerned about jimmy Dore versus the young turks or anything like that it was honest it was people who go to work every single day aren't probably aren't even on twitter probably not even on you know most social media and and so it it does kind of make you realize this like you do have to organize with people who may not have your exact politics. They might not be remotely near you in politics, but you can like familiarate yourself with them through the, through again, something I've said throughout the show, the agony of work, um, the politics of work, recognizing the, poten- the political potential to turn someone like that. And I think well, I, unions are our best tool. Well, yeah. Unions and I, I, I think that it, it also just shows that like the, the war of work, I guess, you know, like how we deal with labor and in this country or just in these systems, these modern systems that we have, it's really important for people to know that it's, it shouldn't be a political issue. It shouldn't be, you pick sides and like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go on strike because that makes me look like a lefty mm-hmm. or something. Right. It's like these things need to, you know, ascend class consciousness needs to ascend political yeah. Uh, ideology like or political identification and like yeah people need to understand too that like even like a lot of leftists you know that are like reluctant to work with people who have different political views in them like the first case of identity politics in the united states that really divided the working class was creating black people 
to separate the working class and being like, no, no, no. See, you're not one of them. You're an indentured servant and it's different than being this way. We give white, you know, like indentured servants a little bit more benefits than we give to people of color. There's a way out. And it's like, that creates this divide. So how many, you know, like the, the working class, like struggle, like has moved to the right so much. And like the right becomes like the worker, you know, like, Oh, who, who works hard? Oh, big dudes with beards and that drive trucks. And, you know, like those are the hard workers, but those, those lefties that just protest everything. I'm like, you mean those people that are going on strike, those people that are trying to form a union to benefit every single worker, you know, and there's lessons to be learned on both sides. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like that united front is going to be the best tool, like you said, for, a, you know, like to unionize and to push for that. So we could use unions as a tool to to create better workspaces and a better relationship with labor. I mean, it's so easy because like, I don't think anyone likes their boss. And if you like your direct boss, you probably don't like their boss. And if you do like them somehow, you probably don't like your corporation or whoever's paying you because they probably are stiffing you somehow. Yeah, I think generally, and I think that with, it's kind of like a rising tide, I feel like, where I think especially remote work has changed a lot with what people think about work and what they want to do and be in and leave the workforce. A lot of people just left. They said, I'm not doing this. And they stopped working, you know, for whatever reason or another. And part of the reason is that the stuff isn't attractive enough for the risk versus reward. I think that's a lot of things that people think about with employment. And if they don't see it, they don't see it. And when you see like supply chain shortages that occur, it's because there's not the labor there to produce that, that there was. When you think pre pandemic, you think these wages that were paying manufacturing for these pay these employees, nothing, 10, nine bucks an hour. And now they like, they're scrambling to hire them for 12 to 15 an hour and they're not hiring, right? Yep. They're not hiring them still. It's because they see like, oh man, we got to try to figure, we got to get these employees. How do we do this? They, they've tried everything. They've tried pizza parties. They've tried anything <laughs> they could do to not actually increase the wages. I've been yeah. to many pizza parties. <laughs> <laughs> right. But now, you know, maybe they are budget a little bit and, you know, if it's through corporations, it's whatever. If the government's not going to do it, anything I think that can create higher wages is is a net win for me for for employees so yeah anything that could extract resources from employers to employees yeah yeah and and people got to understand it's not that like i don't know if it's like a patient thing i think in covid people sometimes have a little bit maybe are more on edge right i don't know if this has been a thing for me or just people in general but i feel like the past few years covid has created this kind of like sometimes people are a little bit more on edge with stuff. And I think there's been more shortages with things in general, supply chain shortages. I was just trying to get a medication the other day. And like, they're like, I was like, I requested this like a week ago. And they're like, oh yeah, well, we're behind this and this and this. And there's so many things and like no employees and stuff. And it's fine, but like, it's annoying. But like some of those things are like, it's going to become more of the new norm that like, you can't go to Safeway. I know I talked about this on the last episode. You still can't go to Safeway and get donuts. donuts. <laughs> and this has been like a month. And which is kind of weird, right? I don't know. It's weird kind of to me that, yeah. you know, but that's a supply chain issue. That's a, a great example of that. And it's going to be more like that, I think. And I don't think it's necessarily going to get better quickly if this pandemic is still just going to continue on the way it is. It has to get better. 
I don't I mean, know it, how we do so that. It's so funny. I feel like it's such a quick bit, quick button fix, right? Like pay people more. Boop. You know, you know what I mean? Like, done. So there you go. There's your. There's you know your. I mean? Like, make it worthwhile. Solution. Make it livable. Have a livable, thriving wage. Like, yeah. give people benefits or pass Medicare for all. So, like, it's you know, it just seems seems pretty. You know, to, well, to, to me, I think to me like that. I think that's a good point, right? Like, yeah, just pay people more. It seems so very obvious, but also to me, it begs the question, like maybe how we're doing things is just not feasible Absolutely. anymore. Yeah. Like maybe you shouldn't be able to go to the store and get a donut every single day from Safeway. Right. Like, and maybe you like the, <laughs> the more reasonable thing to do is like stores, stores, yeah. Stores like Safeway. Right. That was just like, have whatever you want all the time, you know, where it's just, and, and you brought this up before too, right? Like stuff needs to be more seasonal. It needs to be more, you know, like somewhat semi-local, you know, at least, you know, to, to be more functional and like, maybe we don't need one day shipping on stuff. Like our world moves so fucking fast, you know, that like you're creating these instances where it's like Amazon can't even fucking ship all of its own packages because it's created just a fucking monster. (laughs) Like, like, and it's just like continuing to like, Oh, we just need to get better and better and better and bigger and more efficient and like all this stuff. And like, there's a point we're like capitalism needs to stop growing and we need to figure out what to do with the systems we created to make it more sustainable and more fitting for people. Because it's like our world runs so fucking crazy that like, why, why does it, you know, supply, like the yeah. supply chain issue is that's going on now in the U S is a capitalist issue. It's directly, in my opinion, directly correlated with the system capitalism is why people have shortages with all sorts of stuff. Because it's not a produced system. It's like, it's a reactive thing the government's trying to do. Like, oh, we have these supply chain shortages. Well, what do we do to fix that problem? But I don't know this necessarily from a fact standpoint. Jacob, you could probably provide better color on this. That I think maybe in more of a planned economy, you could plan and allocate the resources and employment necessary to produce these things. You could plan and adjust, right, Jacob? From yeah, I mean, I, I again, again, I don't know. Who knows? Because planned economies, you know, they're hard to say, but you would think theoretically, right? I mean, look how non-quick capitalism function to fix the, like it's still struggling to fix the problems of supply chain, uh, you know, shortages, stuff like that. Like, so, I mean, clear, I mean, a market economy isn't doing it. A planned economy would also, with, the thing is with the planned economy, people are like, well, what, what about when something happens and you didn't plan for that? Well, I mean, it clearly has, shortfalls too and but problem is the thing with the argument against planned economies is that oh a market economy can adjust clearly it cannot <laughs> it's, two years. Yeah, it's, it's not i can't yeah, like go it, buy full bags of top ramen yeah, <laughs> like, like it's not it's obviously not as quick and deft as we thought and that's that's the thing all 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 market economies have ever done is just uh prioritize through class through ability to purchase it's not it's the same thing when people say oh canada has a medicare for all system or similar medicare you know medical system but people wait there all the time okay but people wait and die here too it's just they're poor people so we don't care and in canada it's a big deal that rich people are dying along with those poor people along with the the middle class people and they can't buy their way into Mm. a cut in line that is the difference to me like people are like oh what they wait and die yeah motherfucker everyone dies here 
Well, that's the thing too. Like you, you, you think that there's not emergency things? Like Canada has emergency things. Like if you're, oh, I'm dying. They're like, oh, well, this person getting this non-invasive, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and wait, like a sprained ankle, they have to go first. That's yeah, like the, they still have those things, and it's like, how many times have you gone to schedule an appointment at anything, and they're like, okay, we can get you in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a toothache. Oh, that's two weeks out. I'm like, wow, fuck, I'm in a lot of pain right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, we still have to wait, even if we pay for it. You know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with people. I was keep everybody in private. I don't want to like out anyone or whatever, but like they were telling me about this thing. That's like this, like shared medical thing that sounded really cool. Like where it's like, oh, people that can't pay for their medical expenses. Like there's this group of people and like everybody kind of pools all their resources together and they help people pay off their astronomical medical bills. And, and it sounded like super cool. And I didn't say anything, but I was like, sounds like socialized medicine, a bunch of people getting together and all paying for everyone's medical so that it's less for everybody and not astronomical for some but my freedom i would choose to join that group exactly Um, but uh yeah we're running close to an hour here uh i just wanted to say uh because we've been producing so irregularly i have paused all patreon payments but you know you guys still get a shout out because you guys have been awesome so like thank you remy thank you eric thank you austin thank you rj thank you christine And uh, please like, follow, subscribe, and share the show.